0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: terror. Tonight, we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week, 1981's Dead Kids, directed by Michael Laughlin. So I'm looking forward to talking about that later on in the show. We're not going to be joined by the demonic Dr. Dave tonight, as he had a previous engagement, but we are joined by the bold, the beautiful, the go Keith.
2: Fuck, man. Dead Kids? I watched some shit called Strange Behavior, man.
1: No, wrong movie. Sorry. Should have sent you the right movie. Uh... Here outside. we go again Yeah, I know, Shank behavior has nothing to do with dead kids
2: What is up, everybody? How you
1: doing tonight? <laughs> and we are also joined by that sinister Simeon himself, <laughs> the Mad Monkey, coming fresh <laughs> out the cage
3: Hey there, friends <laughs> Yes, this is the Mad Monkey <laughs> Broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic Where I Ooh, am joined my own. lovely co-host Ooh, the King of Horror and the sexy cool of G himself. Yeah. So bring out the pudding cups because this week is gonna be a weird one. <laughs>
0: ah. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. We always
3: It'll be be weird as much as
0: we can.
3: Something. That's for sure.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. Although it was really hard to find this movie, man, because all the searches I did for Dead Kids only resulted in a South Park <laughs> episode titled
1: Dead Kids. That was <laughs> so yeah, the only I could find the Dead Kids. I still don't know why you were doing the search when I sent you the fucking link, Monkey. You're like, searching. <laughs> why? I sent you the link. Uh, I, he not, only, not exactly. like,
2: he not only like posted the link in the group chat, but like he even specified that it was on Tubi TV. So even if you didn't have the link, you could know to go to Tubi TV and put in Dead Kids, man.
3: Yes, and that's the thing is I did go to Tubi TV, and apparently the link that the king found, I could not find it on my version of Tubi. I could not find anything about dead kids. I couldn't find anything about strange behavior. I don't know. The king just had that golden touch and was able to dial in the movie and find it. I put it right (laughs) into my search
2: engine, man. You know, dead is D-E-A-D,
3: right? It's two words. (laughs) Not D-E-D. That might have been your mistake. Man. D-A-I-D. (laughs) Dead (laughs) kids. Old Man Monkey looking for dead kids. (laughs) He's like, running dead on neck, on his farm.
0: We heard last <laughs> week
3: talking about the Googler. <laughs> monkey is so smart. That's no so monkey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, I'm glad I picked oh, it this oh, week so because monkey. Dead Kids is officially
0: gone.
1: Well, as of tonight, uh, Dead Kids is off of Tubi TV, so I'm glad I picked it now because it's gone. <laughs> They took it out of their program. Oh, for real? So you can't find it on there. Oh. So, yeah, oh, under the fucking wire with this one. Where I had debated oh. it for like weeks. I'm like, I should do Dead Kids for my pick. I'm like, no, I got to do this movie. Well, I'm glad I did it this time because Dead Kids is gone. And they replaced <laughs> it with other movies, as TV TV does, just like Netflix does and Amazon. But we got it in right the deadline. Get the tip. Wow. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm just glad I didn't tip. wait last minute to try to watch it. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I'm like, fuck. I was like, what if he watches it today? It's gone. He's going to be like, I can't watch the movie now. I no. It's actually available on Shudder, and I know you have Shudder, so you can actually watch it there as well. So There would have been you another what, way man, to watch it.
2: If you would have just told me that right from the start, I wouldn't have bothered using the Tubi TV app. I didn't find it <laughs>
1: until tonight. When I saw it wasn't available on Tubi TV anymore, I'm like, fuck, what if he didn't watch it? I'll see if I can watch it somewhere else, and I found it on Shudder. I was like, oh, shit, he's good. So if he says I can't watch it, it's not there, I can just say, go on the shutter, it's there. I just found that one. I'd so be cool. like? What do you mean,
2: man? You mean I have to change from one app to another app? I can't even go pick a fucking DVD up and put it in my damn Xbox, man. Just these <laughs> apps. God, what do you expect from me, man?
0: There's just too much going on at once. <laughs> <tendonitis> I'm <laughs> with
3: <all this> shit. <laughs> I'm getting carpal tunneled from <laughs> cool.
1: all these apps. <laughs>
3: The ghoul bust his ass all day long under people's houses, fixing their damn AC units and stuff like that. No, once he's done, he, he doesn't crawl around anywhere. He just becomes lethargic and lays like broccoli on the bed. And does nothing I can't numb some, man.
2: Dude, if only that <laughs> was true. I don't even have the ability to get lethargic, man. Well, I did today. Today, you know what? I got home from work after a miserable day. And I, like I said, I literally just laid down in bed. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a nap. And then I put on the Goldbergs. And then I just kept watching the
0: Goldbergs. True story. <laughs> Nova. Nova over. Over again. <laughs>
1: no, not really. Because every on it's Sundays, no when I'm supposed to do my know, stuff.
0: That's
1: about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, On Sundays when I'm supposed to be grocery shopping and laundry, I find out that the Golden Girls is a marathon on Lifetime, and I'm like, oh, look at this, till so 4 o'clock. I'm going to lay here till 4 o'clock and watch every episode of the Golden Girls. Oh, those girls and their humor. I want cheesesteak too, ladies, am I right? Yeah, that's me every Sunday. In my kimono, sipping my tea. Watching Golden Girls.
3: No, the ghoul has gotten to a point, though, where he's starting to get a crush on the mom. He's going to start buying some cheesy sweaters for the ghoul gal to wear at bedtime. Be like, no, no, forget the lingerie. Put on this tacky sweater from the 80s. That, this will Call me Snoopy. Oh, who?
2: Be- oh, yeah, no, I'm good, dude. Yeah, no, 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 no,
0: Thanks, well,
3: pass <laughs> so Steph- I,
2: I, I knew too many Bevs, and uh, yeah, none, none of which were my type.
3: Weren't half of them your aunts?
2: <laughs> no, 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 God no,
3: no, no,
2: <laughs> oh, no, no. See, my my family being from from New York and of uh, yeah. Italian descent.
3: Oh, uh, okay.
2: Most of most of our experiences were relegated to you know cursing yelling fighting one another in some way shape or form until somebody either died got married or got christened at which point everybody loves everybody until everybody gets some (laughs) alcohol in them and then everybody's cursing fighting and and hating each other again so it's kind of like a a cycle that just goes on and on and on and on in my family
1: (laughs) sounds familiar but yeah um, good times yeah Monkey. Yes. Yes, monkey.
0: Say
2: shit. Let's go, monkey. Make us laugh.
3: I didn't say anything this time. Nor was I it smoking a like cigarette. To say
1: <laughs> so lay the fuck off.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> want to calm the fuck down. <laughs> I wasn't Don't having a cigar cigarette. <laughs> I'm gonna
2: open up. The, I'm gonna open up the evening. You know, because okay. I have this. Yeah, you know, I know. I, I know we're gonna all go with news and all that fun stuff that we always talk about and stuff. But, but I actually have, stuff, do have yeah. a little bit of fun. A fun ditty from from yesterday for myself. Um, right. I had the wonderful pleasure of being there to watch the opening Fathom event release of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which oh, is utterly 100% fucking hysterical. Kevin Smith knocked it out the park. So, and you know, again, i want to keep it without any kind of spoilers. All I can say is I know they're doing one more Fathom event tomorrow night. Um, which actually, if you go tomorrow night, it's a double feature. You'll get to see Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, followed by the Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think uh, after that though, they're gonna go on their little their road tour, and then wherever oh, they, right are they are with the road the tour. The movie opens in that area. So, like, if they're at the road tour in Chicago, they do it that night, and then it, the movie opens in theaters in that spot. Um, so oh, I, know, I, like I don't that. think we'll be around here for a little while. But, uh, yeah, you just got to look it up on whatever, you know, whatever Kevin Smith website, Smodcast, all that kind of fun stuff. Mm. But uh, but it was good stuff. Well-earned, mm. being there opening night, got a free poster and a bonus pin. So I was a very happy camper.
3: Wow, got some swag with it, too. Mm. Uh, as much as mm, Kevin Smith loves Jersey though, he's he's not doing a stop like straight off straight up out of Jersey to begin the tour. They uh I believe
2: Smith was in Burbank at a movie theater last night, um, for it. Uh I do know that I guess Legion um helped Make the movie. They were the ones that were giving out the pins and stuff like that. They had one of their representatives at the uh, the Hamilton Theater, with this being the limited release and everything. Uh, knowing him, he probably did something. I thought he might. They might do something at the. Uh, they were doing it at the Cinemark in Hazlitt and I had a feeling that like if anybody, because the, the the rep from Legion was like, yeah, there's a possibility that you know somebody ends up showing up here tonight at some point. Um, he's like, I'm just waiting to get confirmation on that. And I had a feeling that they would do it up there rather than down in Hamilton, being that, you know, Hazlitt is as close mm. as you can pretty much get to the whole Highlands and everything as far as the theaters go around there without doing it in the theater in Atlantic <laughs> Highlands.
3: Mm,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, tight, said. So, and
2: I know they just did the Clerks 3 reading there, so...
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense, because it's close to the Red Bank Highlands area, so it makes sense that they would do it in that uh, Hazlet area, but mm-hmm. still very cool. I definitely want to check out James Bob Bob's reboot, you know, just see uh, how it is. I, I had no worries that it wasn't going to be funny. I mean, I, I haven't seen a Kevin Smith movie yet with the James Silent Bob characters that I didn't find funny. I mean, I even like his off-brand stuff, like Tusk and Red State. They're good movies, you know, but he gets pegged into that Silent Bob hole sometimes. You know, That's just what yeah. they want.
2: And
3: we'll just take Jersey Girl and slide it to the side. <laughs> Jersey Girl <I> was <laughs>
2: terrible, man. I did no, not want yeah. Jersey Girl. You know what? That that movie definitely—if I remember that movie correctly—it dragged out a couple of tears. It pulled some of them fucking tears yeah. right the hell out of my yeah. eyes, man.
1: Mm. Yeah, I I gotta agree with you, uh, especially mm. George Carlin, not playing a comedic type of character, playing a genuine you know mm-hmm. role. And it was great. Yeah, I'm a fan. So. You know, Kevin Smith always says nobody likes Jersey Girl. I do. I mean, if it's done, I'll watch it. No, I mean, no problem.
2: If you if you were to ask me which of his films like you know that I could do without, um, besides the nastiness of Tusk, <laughs> but that, no, <laughs> you know, um, Cop Out, you know, that was a movie that yeah. was just yeah. like. It was it was a struggle to get through, you know, and I love Kevin, I do, you know, and uh, I remember listening to the Smartcast the one time, and he was talking about, like, there's, like, a scene in that movie that he was able to get Bruce Willis to, like, finally be what he wanted Bruce Willis to be in that movie, you know, because he wanted moonlighting Bruce Willis, like, throughout the whole film, and... Yeah. You know, Kevin's like, you know, hey, listen, man, you know, I'm just Kevin Smith. This is Bruce fucking Willis here, you know, and he's doing whatever Bruce Willis wants to do. And it's not like he's really going to listen to a schmuck like me. He's like, but there was one point, (laughs) one scene in the movie where, like, you know, I guess like Kevin just got to put his foot down and he got the performance out of him for exactly what he wanted. And he, like, wouldn't specify, though, like what scene it was. And that killed me. I was like, motherfucker, like, now I'm going to watch this movie a couple of times just to try to figure out what fucking scene it is and i'm still not sure cuz you know what i realized i guess it would have helped if i watched moonlighting to help me realize what scene it is cuz i have no fucking idea
1: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't i, I like moonlighting i have seen a couple episodes of that show it wasn't bad but i mean that's it not like what i really nine. Kind of put this <laughs> yeah. Like eight
2: or nine well, when Moonlighting crazy? came out, I had no fucking interest in Civil Shepherd or Bruce Willis. You know what I mean? Like I, literally, I know their names. Simply, from, well, Bruce Willis obviously I know from Die Hard and everything else that I loved as a kid. But like I knew that I knew that Moonlighting had Bruce Willis and Civil Shepherd in it because it was on ABC, and that was my Saturday morning cartoons. So.
1: They <laughs> say so the commercial for Moonlighting, and you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah, that's a show.
2: <laughs> oh, that fucking no, thing, movie. you know. Uh, I guess my parents were <laughs> about cool. it, too. You know, that and 30-somethings or some shit like that with that fucking dude with the long hair who ended up in, like, Beauty and the Beast.
3: Oh, but
1: that, that also had, like, Tim Busfeld in it who directed a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff later in life. And, yeah, I, I always knew them. about that show. never watched it. I mean, it, I, I don't even think it lasted last a that one. I before, like, one season. <laughs> from Revenge of the Nerds. fucking
0: yeah, point from Revenge of the Nerds.
1: Yeah, I blanked on that one because I was trying to think of what movie he was in. I'm like, I just saw him in one. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, Rookie of the Year? No, he was in that, but that's not the one. <laughs> no, it's Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, I remember that show being on, and I just uh, didn't care for. It. I, was, I was too young. But it's like my so-called life. I was really into that show too, and not a lot of people remember that one. But lasted one season, only a couple episodes. Still a good one. You know, I mean, they don't really do reruns anymore, but I have the season on DVD. I'll pop it in every now and then.
0: It's good. That
1: show for brought us Jared Leto.
2: <clears throat> It brought us Claire Jordan it brought us Jared Leto.
0: <clears throat>
2: yeah, um, mm-hmm. it, it brought us Degrassi Junior High for an American audience. Is what that show did. Yes, it did.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. De- to try to be more anxious. It tried to be Dr. more Kurt Cobain, you know, Degrassi. It had to be more,
2: uh, more grunge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the '90s. They they had to to do that, you know. I uh, I, I question it often though. You know the whole uh, the whole idea of like where we we steered strangely in those in those '90s years, man, because it was like we were at some weird cusp where we were like asking questions and having discussions about things, and you know we seemed like we were right on the edge of like this this consciousness expanding fucking point in society that like shrank real quick and like disappeared into a world of like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and instinct and shit <laughs> like that. Like it like vanished, like like lickety fucking split. And the only thing that I can think of the only thing, and it's weird, man, the only thing that I could think of with it is that it was the internet, the invention of the internet, like the idea of it becoming <laughs> relevant as of like 1995, Hear me out. 1995 hits. Everybody starts getting home computers. Yeah. AOL goes crazy. And I think that really changed the entire face of where we were going as a society at that point, man.
1: I'd agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would definitely agree. I blame TRL for a lot of that. Fucking um, <laughs> <yeah, I guess. laughs> Carson you,
0: motherfucker.
1: <laughs> With his fucking black fingernails. Hey guys, uh Carson Dale coming to you live from New York City, CRL. we got the new video from Christina Galera coming up next. Mariah Carey's coming out. She's going to play with her tits. Like, yeah, I blame that for her fucking downfall. <laughs> play with her tits? Yeah, man. I missed that
0: one. I carry
1: fun. Oh, yeah, you Damn. missed that episode? Oh, I remember that one. She did a Christmas episode oh, where goodness. she was bouncing a little bit. Yeah. Well, all uh, I'd like, right, for this is, Christmas is that. Yeah, I would, underneath my Christmas tree. Someday. Someday. (laughs) Boy, you're a fantasy,
2: right? She's the only one you're hoping for.
1: (laughs) God. Well, speaking of TV, I wanted to get into American Horror Story. They had their fourth episode uh, titled True Killers, uh, premiered last week at 10 o'clock on FX. Uh, So we get more reveals, more twists. Uh, and it seems like they are wrapping the story up. It seems like they're going to do six episodes, from what I can tell. So it seems like it's going to be a quick, epi- a quick episodic season, uh, judging from the descriptions I've read, for at least episode six, uh, where they kind of cope with what happened. Uh, but what did you guys think about True Killers? I know both of you guys had a chance to watch it. I had a chance to watch it. I, I actually found it to be an interesting episode. Yeah, Bunky, man you... I am
3: <laughs> It's it's throwing me off though, please. man Because we're really burning through the bodies now It's like, they've like, you know Finally found a high gear And they're going on this, man And they're not letting go And it's just, we're, we're starting to run out of bodies It's like, they gotta start throwing in some more stuff Because this episode, man It really threw me off Just how much they messed with our main characters <laughs> for this series so far, <laughs> um, again though I was digging the gore that was going on here, uh, lots of fun gore. <laughs> but yeah, it's just they're they're gonna need to throw some bodies or make a weird weird turn, you know, for this to keep going. Cool, what do you think, man? I
2: think you're having the same problem that a lot of people have with American Horror Story. And it's the very thing that makes American Horror Story so different from every other television series that's out there right now. Everything is one self-contained season, and as such, deaths like this are going to occur. So whereas, like, if you're watching a movie, they have character buildup that occurs, and, you know, you have people that just die, and you don't think about it, because there's other characters that you're following. If you look at the series as just one big, long movie per season... That's what you can see with it, and that's why characters get off the way they do, and you sit there and you think, oh, my God, they better bring somebody else in. They won't. Maybe they'll bring somebody in as, like, a quick side character, but that's about it. They're just offing people because they don't need them there anymore. That being said, there's eight episodes in the season. Um uh, am not yeah. Okay, there's a total of eight, so, so we've got another four. Um, and, yeah, I thought it was a uh, a great episode. We finally got a, uh, a Freddy vs. Jason style moment. It uh, was on, awesome. you know. <laughs> yeah, and the night the, night the,
0: night the, night. the
2: jingler versus uh, what's his face, the night stalker, you know. Ramirez. Um, Ramirez. Yeah, Ramirez. Yeah.
1: And uh, I, I and it didn't disappoint. Me.
0: He's
2: student,
1: student,
0: student, 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 student. You know, you got his shots
2: in They got their shots in You know, the only thing that I, And again, we listen. We, we call this shit out all the time You know, spoilers everybody So if you didn't watch it yet You probably want to tune out Or put your fingers in your ears And go la 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 I thought that it was just a way too obvious turn That she was the person that
3: was the killer Yeah, but the 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 but the king called it like af- after episode one it's like because us hanging us out did. with his house <laughs> you know yeah, it's we just, all had her. man well then, the GOS, yeah, yeah yeah but but after we watched the first episode you know you were like yeah she's killer <laughs>
1: and I was like what mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I just uh, you know what uh, you, you make her too weird. You know, and just there's too many uh, con- uh, Things that are going on with that character um, I love that That they gave you the twist of Dakota And Richard Ramirez, an ice stalker Having a very sexual relationship uh, In the gym uh, when they're doing Aerobics and they're playing Bill oh. Idol Fucking hell yeah You know, fucking <laughs> <He's> beating <laughs> the shit out of, You know. <laughs> And he ducks that guy and hangs him in the gym Because he made fun Rocket of him dead, dead bitch yeah. <laughs> You know <laughs> How dare he make fun of Billy? He's a rock god.
3: <laughs> Why can't you play something more fun like Cindy Laufer? <laughs> Fuck you,
1: Dan. <laughs> it, was, it was such a fun uh, sequence. And then with him gutting the guy and hanging him in the corner of the locker room so they could have sex right. while he licks her bloody feet, I go, I, I'm enjoying it. Very well, that's sexual, Barbie's- but very guts hanging out. It's because Bar- Barbie's in the blades, man.
0: <laughs> she is,
1: <clears throat> but you find out that the coach's <laughs> brother was actually the best man at the wedding. Uh, he got killed, and that's why she wants Brooke dead. So it's a nice twist because they paid it off. They didn't. Oh, hide not only the best They'd man at the why. wedding,
2: he's the guy that Brooke, you know, supposedly banged.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The night and before. So
3: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and Brooke's you know, and,
0: and
3: yeah, and Brooke is. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, she's she swearing that you know she lied about it. She, she knows that she slept with her brother. You know, she needs to die, but she's also dead set on she wants to see it happen. You know, which oh you yeah, know, it's, it throws yeah. me it throws me off though because when she sent Ramirez out after her the first time, you know, to just find her in her apartment, she wasn't all like, "Hey, I want to see it all happen." You know, right. but I guess she came up with a new wow, plan. We <laughs> Oh, we on. don't know what
2: the full intention and purpose was of that. He, she may have wanted him just to grab her at that point and take her. You know, right.
1: so uh, <clears throat> that's a good posit. Could have been sports that. Get, uh, we or, get
3: her uh, enough, so she runs out of town with with the counselors.
1: It could have been that, mm-hmm. and that's what we've in the camp Redwood, so it makes for a more fun chase for Dakota. Uh, we get Chef Birdie finally getting her end at the hands of Jingles. (laughs) Also, Xavier being put into a fucking kiln and being led Mm -hmm. to be killed, but he survives thanks to Chef Birdie, which I love that sequence, when Chef Birdie is on the verge of death and she's just begging Xavier to kill her. Great sequence, tense, you know, just one of those moments that you've got to love because it's just how realistic it is.
0: Yeah,
2: I I always find that to be such an interesting... uh debate, you know, the whole idea of like a mercy killing and stuff like that and it's just the, the, the whole like, hey, I can't do it myself because of my belief but then at the same time, with the same breath your very same beliefs believe that murder is a sin so you're asking somebody else to then damn their soul to hell because you don't mm-hmm. want to damn your own
1: Oh, absolutely um, We had Trevor my favorite, Johnny Wadd Unfortunately, he gets killed by Margaret. Yeah, that was a after bummer. He discovers that she shot
3: oh.
1: ah, it was horrible. I wanted him to live. I loved him. Yeah I,
3: yeah, I just fucking loved his character. You know, he was just so fucking spot on for the time. He, he you know, br- brought Funny Camp to the scenes. I enjoyed
1: it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a shame to see him uh, meet his end. But yeah, once mm. we had talked about. We have the big battle, Freddy versus Jason, between the Night Stalker Mm -hmm. and Jingles, Mm -hmm. where we think that Jingles is going to meet his end at the hands of Ramirez, but Jingles, getting the upper hand, launches him into a tree and forces a tree branch through the back of his head, through his mouth. Great. It
3: caused me me to yell out, oh shit. (laughs) It totally threw me (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: off. I I knew he wasn't
3: dead,
2: though.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because in true American Horror Story fashion, the end of the episode with fake Rita, the psychiatrist, running to where Richard was and seeing him floating, his eyes turn black, and all of a sudden he is back in a supernatural way, possibly possessed by Satan because we did see him make a pentagram in the woods and draw his own blood into the middle of the circle. Because all you need is just well, some sticks.
2: <laughs> well, what we also know, though, within these woods is that, like, I knew that Well, whether it's him being fully resurrected or, yeah. remember, the other counselor, the kid that got killed, yes,
3: came back as yes, a ghost. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. So yes. there could be yep. something
2: mm-hmm. else just in the woods that we have not met yet because we still have four more episodes to go. We have a whole other half a season here still.
1: Yeah, you know, and I'm just, cause like, at the end of episode four, I was like, wow, they are really dropping bodies, and we still have a couple episodes right. left. I and mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have coming next. Uh, so the episode that's coming up next, episode five, is called Red Dawn. And that premieres tonight at 10 p.m. <laughs> Only on a victory. Oh, Red Dawn, baby. <laughs> yeah. I like their play on titles for the 80s. I mean, the one episode prior, episode three, was called Flashdance, which I thought was a cool kind of homage to Flashdance. Uh, but I'm digging Fucking it. I'm looking maniac. forward to seeing what they do. I mean we know Jingles is still alive We know he's out there somewhere So he's going to come back and look to get Margaret And kill her and have his ultimate Revenge for what she did to her bear That was a great sequence I love that too where you find out that he just wanted To protect her and she's like oh if you really Love me you just kill everybody He's like okay but just can't bring himself To do it so she's got to do it for him And then say that he did it Leading him into the psychiatric institution Where he gets shock treatment which
2: made him a killer, yeah. so in essence, you know, she actually created, you know, the very thing that, you know, he was, uh, he wasn't, but uh, yeah, you know, the, the, her whole turn, like, again, wasn't a surprise, you know, I know you called it king, I know me and the ghoul Girls, we said the same thing, yeah. like first episode, we're like, wow, you know what it is, is she was playing it off too much like Angela. In the sequel yep. to Sleepaway Camp mm-hmm. You know where it was like oh, Yeah the whole like against sinning And you know You good guys gotta go here And the girls have to go here There's no cohabitating It was like yeah you're a fucking murderer <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, There was just no going back from that It was To me it was a lot like the Billy Loomis character from screen Skeet Ulrich was too spot on To be the killer So when that reveal happened I was like well of course like, how are you not saying he's the killer? He totally is. I didn't see Stu definitely called out Billy when the movie first opened. <laughs> like then they have to make him so sinister where he's like, Yeah, what about it? It's like man, you a fucking killer. Oh, gee, that was the whole trick though, man.
2: You know, I won't lie, the first time watching Scream, when you watch him go down. I was like, oh shit, you know, this whole time I'm figuring this motherfucker's the killer and now that the killer's been killed, who's the killer now? And then you found out that it was him and it was just all one big fucking production, man. I
3: was like, how, man? That's fucking (laughs) smart
2: writing right there, man. Williamson, you're the fucking god.
1: (laughs) I know. It's still, I mean, I love that movie through and through. I just wish they had made him a little less creepy you know, in certain sequences early on where you're not so suspecting them. I mean, even Randy calls it out. Like, fucking guys standing over there in the fucking horror section, you really think that he's not the killer? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <You know. laughs> he, was, he was pulling Randy the Anthony
2: knew. Perkins, man. You know, like, I don't know, like, I always felt in Psycho, you know? The dude was just, he was kind of creepy. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it worked. Um, but I, I was going to talk about Creepshow show. Uh, but since, Ghoul, you didn't see the episode, I don't want to get too much into it because there's other things I want to talk about uh, in terms of horror news, so I'm going to skip over that for now, Uh, but we will go back to it, I'm sure, once we've all caught up on it. Um, So the first news item I wanted to talk about was recently at the New York City Comic Con, Sam Raimi was doing a panel where he revealed to the audience that there is definitely more Evil Dead coming, and stay tuned for more. He didn't reveal any more than that, other than that he plans on doing more theatrical Evil Dead. So I kind of wanted to so, get your guys' opinion on going back so, into that universe. With Bruce Campbell saying he's retired from that character, what kind of universe can we build with Evil Dead?
3: But he just had a panel saying, hey, I'm doing more shit and no other details. That's it.
1: Teasing. got to tease him. You can't just reveal all your hand at once. Come on. He's doing, he's doing the long game here. <laughs> He's getting fans. Well,
2: you know, Evil Dead's coming back. I know what little things that I caught was some some mention of there being a fifth Evil Dead movie. So yeah. in a way, they kind of confirm that the Evil Dead that went the, the the quote unquote remake or reboot, whatever you want to call it, takes place within the same universe. So we may not be mm-hmm. looking at that as, a, as much of a reboot as it is within this entire. You know, I mean, listen, we've seen time travel occur in the series, <clears throat> so there's nothing that could stop them from maybe having just side or parallel universes next. You know.
1: Mhm. Monkey, what do you think?
2: A you team up of Ash and
1: Ash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, you don't even so much as need to have Ash because we've already talked about this so much with the Ash versus Evil Dead about just more stories of Deadites out there. It's like it's the whole uh, Evil Dead universe doesn't have to be centered around Ash so much anymore, you know. Especially when we had such a strong supporting cast in Ash versus Evil Dead. Is that you know? And I know you guys are huge fans of the other. Evil Dead movie, so it's like, this can totally work in in my opinion, and just they can just keep it running with just the Deadites coming out onto the Earth, and just fucked up shit happening.
1: Yeah, I don't think you need Ash. It would help, but if Bruce Campbell is sticking to his guns and saying I'm retired, he'll come on in some capacity as a producer, I'm sure, and help out, but, uh, you know, it's okay for Ash to retire and go off into the sunset, and like the goal just said with Mia, I'd love to see Jane Levi come back and play that character again and see what she has uh, to offer, you know, in a Evil Dead 5, especially if it's taking place in the same universe. I love that remake that Fanny Alvarez did. And I think it would be great to final, uh, finally follow that up. Yeah,
3: and especially if it's yeah, not I it as Ash. well. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, if you're not tied to Ash, then that just gives you more freedom to just keep going darker and darker. You don't have to lighten it up because you got Bruce Campbell in
1: there. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, that remake was spot on with, with taking a property and making it their own, and I would love to see a continuation of that. But to continue on, because I have a lot of news about a lot of returns of uh, movies that are, are either in progress or being thought about at the moment, and one of them is Night of the Creeks 2. Uh, a classic <laughs> movie with Tom Atkins as Detective Ray Cameron. Uh, he recently sat down with the boys over at com, and he did an interview where he said that Fred Decker had been talking about doing Night of the Creeps Part 2, uh, bringing back the original cast. Uh, he'd love to see Ray Cameron, obviously, resurrected somehow and survive that explosion at the sorority house. But either way, Fred Decker really wants to revisit that property and make a sequel. I would love it. Um, I've been waiting for it for years, but I would definitely love to see Ray Cameron brought back somehow because you can't do it without Tom uh, Tom Hackens. I mean, he was the soul of that movie, if you ask me.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, we, co- we covered it on the show, man. It's a great movie. It's fun, it's silly, it's campy, you know, but if they do remake it, man, odds are it's going to be a straight to sci fi movie. You know, <laughs> Uh, a movie that, yeah. Cheesy, yeah. You, you know, it's going to be straight to sci-fi or straight to Netflix. One of those two. <laughs> what do you think? Cool?
2: Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know what? I When I saw the, the news of this, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I saw Night of the Creeps when I was young. It's a movie that I enjoy. Um, I also like Slither, which I felt was a direct homage yeah. to Night of the Creeps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, that's one of those films where I don't, need a sequel nor do i need an update because i felt like slither kind of did that um it's a property that i'd almost rather be left alone because you know what it was in, it was it comes from that time of the 80s where that movie was such a weird movie and such a sea of mm-hmm. slasher films that, that's what made that movie unique, and I just can't see them being able to, to recapture or recreate the magic that they, they were able to pull off with that original film.
1: Yeah, it will be difficult, but like I told, like we, uh, the monkey was just saying, I could definitely see it being a sci-fi movie. Like, they brought back Critters, and they brought it back on Shutter as well as sci-fi, so I could see it being a sci-fi project, but I wouldn't care. It's true. You'd still be seeing a sequel. Uh, but it's a niche movie. Like, again, The Ghoul, I agree with you. It's a niche movie. It came out at such a weird time in the horror genre back in the 80s that, you know, it's not a, a mainstream horror hit. I think it's a cult classic. I think it's got its fans like myself and you and the but but uh, it just it depends. I mean, it's not like he's going into production next week. This is just Decker and Atkins talking about doing it again and bringing the band back together as it were. Um, I definitely would like well, to do that Well, it's funny, it
0: too, because,
2: remember, this is stuff, especially The Doctor, was shouting about back when they were talking about doing Halloween in 2018 and remember how he had said at that point is watch how many properties start crawling out of the woodwork
3: trying to pull a similar (laughs) formula
2: if Halloween is successful.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Now now you just said the whole getting the band back together thing. Didn't Tom Atkins just uh, release a movie where he got together with a bunch of other horror icons from the 80s?
1: Uh, not that I know of, unless you have some information that I don't. I know the latest movie mm-hmm. he's in is uh, Trick, which is uh, Patrick Lussier and Todd Farmer. Uh, there's no real horror icon mm-hmm. that, uh, that I
3: can think
0: mm-hmm. of, so
1: You might have to look that up. Now, okay. Uh, I, I okay. Uh,
3: okay, sorry. I'm blanking on that. Okay, as you were, King?
1: <laughs> okay, so okay. Uh, Monster Maniacon just happened last weekend. Uh, or week, I think two weekends ago. I might be mistaken, but you might have to correct me. Two weekends ago. I think ago. Mustard Manium was a couple weeks ago. Uh, but uh, Daniel Harris was at the event, and she was doing a panel where she had said that Adam Green is interested in possibly doing two more Hatchet films. So Hatchet 5 oh. and Hatchet 6. Uh, he was not ready quite to end it with Victor Crowley. Uh, he wants to go back to the swamp and possibly do two more with Daniel Harris. Again, like Night of the Creeps, there's no scripts in motion right now. It's not going into production. But it's something that Adam Green would like to see happen. Uh, Personally, I think if he ended it with Victor Crowley, it would have been a great uh, way to end it. But if he does two more, I'd be in. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a huge fan of the Hatchet series. Yeah, well, plus I know you're a huge Adam Green fan, man.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just in all the interviews, he seems like such such a nice guy, such a genuine horror fan that it's like, if you want to create more projects, go on, man. You know, keep doing what you do. <laughs> he was what a genuine YouTube?
2: nice guy. We we got to meet him at the HorrorCon, and you know what? It was one of those cases in which what you said about him was absolutely true. Um, yeah, mm
0: mm-hmm. Right.
2: So yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed the Hatchet series. I thought that uh, Victor Crowley was an improvement over Hatchet Three. Um, oh yeah. So I, I I was liking that. So if he's gonna go more along the lines of what he was doing there, go back to you know to what made Hatchet an entertaining series to begin with, then yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah,
1: I I think that. Uh, well, Hatchet 3, it wasn't directed by Adam Green. He wrote the script, but he handed off the directorial duties to somebody else, but he was still heavily involved. But when you watch Hatchet it 3, you can see the green touch isn't there anymore. Like what made Hatchet 2 and 1 so great isn't really there in Part 3. So he really brought it back with Victor Crowley, where he knew that he had to be back in the director's chair, back in control, and doing what he did best, which is to make it funny, make it scary, make it really gory. Um, and it hit all the right notes. So yeah, four, five and six, I would be there for in a heartbeat if he can make it happen. Uh, all right. You, you know what? With
2: nobody. Sh- well, you know what, what? Nobody should be making happen. Nobody should be making movies like Gemini Man happen. You know, I I, I had the displeasure of of seeing this movie on on Monday, and uh, it was bad, wasn't it? I just have to. Just to put a warning out there for everybody, you know, if if you like movies that have no uh no true true plot and no true script and uh and, and yeah, have special effects that are serviceable I guess at best, but a weird looking C G. I character. Like if you get off on weird looking CGI characters Like if you're the kind of person that J.O.'s To uh, like Avatar porn And shit like that Then maybe this <laughs> is for you Like if you have a love of Will Smith And Avatar porn You'll probably really like certain parts of Gemini Man But aside from now, that Gemini Man was by <laughs> far By far The worst movie I've seen so far With my A-list passes man <laughs>
3: Now I thought you said this was supposed to like be the like one of the reasons for going to see this was it was supposed to have like some killer high def 3D in it. They released the movie
2: in what's called 3D high frame rate. Um, so the the frame rate of the film is 120. The the, la- the last movies that I saw done in this way were the Hobbit films. Um, where they did the three dimensionals with the, with the, the high frame rate. And what it does is is, you know, it gives you a uh, a more realistic sense of movement, and I found too that the the higher frame rate along with the 3D also gives a more realistic aspect to whatever digital characters are there on screen. So if you're enhancing something with digital effects, let's say like the dwarves in the Hobbit movies, you know it kind of gives them a little bit more of a realism but at the same time too whereas it makes the the digital effects look more real it makes the practical effects look they stand out more so i guess in a way it makes them look more fake I guess you could say, but what it gave me was a deeper appreciation of what the artists go through to create, you know, things like the rooms that they were in and the makeup effects, little things like the dwarves hands and shit like that. Like, if you look at how the makeup was set up on these fucking guys, it was, like, wild, you know? Um, So, yeah, there were a couple of cool true 3D scenes that happened in the movie and, I mean, the only reason I say it that way... Is it's not like it was like, wow, that was so cool in 3D. It was more like, wow, these days so many things are post conversion, that anytime you get something that was actually really filmed in 3D, you remember why 3D became a big thing with the movie Avatar again. We just don't see it anymore because everything's fucking post conversion. So it's like watching a, you know, a viewfinder these days. Um, right but you know when you see an actual three dimensional thing occur when they filmed it in 3D with real cameras and everything that is like okay man this is uh this is something that I'd like to see more movies do again but it's an expensive process and not always not always feasible with everything like I don't need to see the joker in 3D you know but I don't know. So some of these other action movies, I think they 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 may want to try looking into investing in it again, especially with the uh, the A list program and everything going on, getting people to theaters again.
1: Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate about Gemini Man. I know I saw an article earlier this week before you had actually seen Gemini Man, where they had said that Joker, the Todd Phillips movie, is breaking like 540 billion some odd dollars, and Gemini Man. Is Million. <laughs> well. I, that wasn't an actual figure. I was just throwing out what I, what I had read. But, you know, the fact that it's making all this money, but yet Gemini Man with Will Smith just kind of crashed and burned. And I'm not a Will Smith fan, but I kind of feel bad for him because he hasn't had much luck, you know, at the box office you know, recently with his movies. What are you talking
2: about, man? He was in one of the biggest hits of the year in Aladdin. Oh, that's right, yeah, because
1: yeah, I forgot he was in Wedding That's how forgettable that movie was oh, to me That he was in that movie That's because it's a Disney movie
2: And we all know the king was never a child
1: <laughs> I know I just came out at 40 <laughs> You know, just upset the world Listening to the Smiths And being very mad about everything <laughs> just <laughs> just just came exactly Rolling about. out
2: of your mom's vagina With a fucking cigarette and a scotch You know Hey, <laughs> yeah. get you put on some horror movies.
1: This place sucks. Where's my copy this of that?
2: You know I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: no. She's like, no, you're right, G. He did. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> we have pictures. But, yeah, they um, they, it they was was like, it didn't come out of my
2: front bum, though. It came out of my back bum. <laughs> That's <laughs> they what happened.
3: Sunday nights watching
1: Wonderful World of Disney. They watched Vincent Price. Yeah, that's what we did. exactly like. We did. We watched Vincent Price a lot. Like I don't remember watching Disney movies when I was a kid. I watched a lot of Vincent Price, a lot of Adam's Family, a lot of Monsters, a lot of Tales from the Dark Side, a lot of Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> not, a of, not a lot of Mickey you know, growing up. <laughs> I didn't care less about that stupid mouse. There wasn't a lot of mouse <laughs> you know. in the house. <laughs> no, no, not in this house. Not in this house. <laughs> but uh, going back to what I had, because I have a lot actually that I want to get to. Uh, okay, so Maniac Cop. Uh, We covered it on the show. That was the William Lustig film with Bruce Campbell and uh, Robert Zadar. Um, They had been talking about doing a remake of it for a long time with Nicholas Winding Refing from uh, Neon Demon fame, Drive, uh, Only God Forgives. Then it died down. There wasn't any more news. But just uh, last Friday, they announced that HBO is picking up Maniac Cop as a TV series, and (laughs) Refing promises that it's going to be not um, only good, but it's going to be neon soaked and cocaine fueled. Those are his two words. What does that even it. mean? Right? don't even know. But I mean, like when he said my exact words or what you're going to think about this series, it's going to be neon soaked and cocaine fueled. I was like, dude, I'm in. Like, where is it? <laughs> I <gotta> want <walk> this now. <laughs> I have HBO. Put it on. I, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Maniac Cop, but the fact that Nicholas winding Reppen is behind it, I'm excited for. But Based on that, would you guys watch it, or would you just be like, nah, I don't like neon. I so gonna like Maniac Cop? Uh, well, I
2: mean, you know uh, what I yes. feel about. It. Well, I'll let you go because again, like I said, you know my feelings on it.
3: No, no, I no, I have no words for this because I'm just like, I'm still, I'm still reveling in neon-soaked and cocaine. I can't even say it. Cocaine fueled, on I'm just trying to figure out how this would even work with Maniac Cop. I'm just <laughs> I'm just, I'm just reveling in that. Please go. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean I, I really enjoyed the neon demon, surprisingly, because it was so fucking weird. I so do... bizarre. And you know, when all was said and done when you get to the end of that movie I was like, wow, man, that you know, for for all of the, the strange lulls that occurred in it, it at least like delivered a fucking bizarre ending and you you really didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um now when I think of Maniac Cop, you know, something which I did catch when I was when I was younger, specifically I watched Maniac 2, Maniac Cop 2 a lot. Um Yeah. You know, that that was one that I saw more more than the first film because it was on its uh its cable run at the time. Uh I don't put neon like it does like the the, the idea of like neon soaked cocaine does not like
0: just it doesn't
2: like fall into my head in like any way whatsoever um so like I wonder like is this like is this is his idea it's gonna be something along the lines of like Blade Runner meets like like is this gonna be like a futuristic thing or is he gonna try to make this like a weird fucking like hyper stylized 80s piece um I don't know it's it sounds bizarre though, and being that I've seen some of his other work i i i'm I'm definitely willing to to give it a look see man oh, and the other reason why I loved watching maniac cop Two so much man, I had a weird thing for Claudia christian. I don't know what it Did was you? Yeah, there was just something about that it, chick though. that i just I, I liked it was, she was weird looking but I don't know was, I, yep. yeah, I, I can
1: definitely see that um I know that when he was when he was trying to make it into a movie, uh, he said he wanted it to take place in the same decade of the 80s, but he wanted it to move from New York to California, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So, when he says neon soaked and cocaine fueled, I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's still trying to do the 80s, and he's trying to do the neon lights of Los Angeles and just a whole bunch of that's cocaine.
2: That's not soap. LA, though. That's Miami, man. We all know that. We all play fucking... <laughs>
1: Vice City. Vice City. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <on. laughs> all the cocaine. Oh, I'm I mean, sure they,
2: they had cocaine
1: there, dude. I'm sure that they had the cocaine, you know, in Los Angeles too, so that there was no end <laughs> of it. It was very snowy back in the eighties in Los Angeles. And I'm sure it was. They were doing just fine. But well, I mean, we'll no see. That's all that. Okay. Oh,
3: no. or, or, <laughs> or they're going to tie it into And turn it into like a Miami Vice reboot as well so, so That's how it's going to be I'm you know, so okay. show and, and Maniac Cobb is going to be Part of the Vice squad <laughs> <laughs> With Don Johnson showing
0: mm-hmm. back up and play Heartbeat
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but we'll Good see. Lord. I mean, those are the details that I found out. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, uh, fan films for Friday 13th have become a huge thing as of late, especially with the whole lawsuits thing that are going on. Uh, one of the biggest ones was Never Hike Alone, that featured uh, Tom Matthews from Friday 13th, Part 6. And then there was Friday 13th Vengeance, which featured CJ Graham from Part 6 and Steve Dash from Part 2. Well, apparently, there's a couple fans out there that love A Nightmare on Elm Street. And they want to do a sequel to Wes Cramen's New Nightmare with Miko Hughes, reprising his role as Dylan Porter, and they want to call it Dylan's New Nightmare. Uh, I mm-hmm. did not even know what to say about that, because I'm not a huge fan of New Nightmare. I, I like it, but I'm not a big fan of it. So I'm not really sure no. if I really want a fan film. <laughs> Um, I
3: personally have not had much luck finding anything that's really decent as far as a, a decent fan film for horror, though. It's like, because that one that I wanted to check out, Friday the 13th Vengeance, because they were promoting it, the, promoting it's the hell out good. of it. At, yeah. Oh, oh, so you saw that? Because cause I remember they were promoting yep. that at the con we went to. Yeah, Never Hike Alone
1: was better. Never Hike Alone was definitely uh, we the better of the two. Just because you have Steve Dash and C.J. Graham in it doesn't make it's going to be a good movie. Uh, C.J. Graham plays Elias Voorhees, the father of Jason, and they have a confrontation in the woods, and it's very, very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I pass hard on it. But then when I heard about Miko Hughes reprising his role as Dylan Porter from New Nightmare, I was like, I guess, if you're a fan of New Nightmare, it's probably a lot of fun. But I, that's such a weak entry for me, you know, when I think about Freddie. This uh, the 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 meta aspect of it, and the fact that they changed his look to leather pants and the long jacket. I, I'm not a fan of it, but you know maybe it, this is going to be a fan film that people will enjoy. I just I don't know if you guys agreed with me. and Maybe you're fans of New Nightmare. I just I'm not one of them. Boys have a penis, oh, well.
3: girls have a vagina. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I, know. I mean,
2: I look at it this way, you know, like I, I don't ever want to squash anybody's hard work or dreams to know. make a movie. Um, you know, I know a lot of these people, they put money and time and effort and they, they crowdfund and they get all of these people together and they, 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 they make these movies. Um, I just kind of, more of the, if that's what you like, go ahead and watch it and enjoy it. I probably never will. Um, Does that Mm -hmm. mean that, you know, I'm an asshole for not supporting that or whatever? I guess if that's the case, I'm sorry. You know, I don't mean to be an asshole. I just just don't take it as a real entry within it, you know? It's it's like sitting there and saying, well, fucking, I don't know. I can't think of any fun examples at the Mm -hmm. moment, but... It's it's like saying, look, a bum is a bum if it's a bum, you know, like, I don't know if I'm sticking my dick in a guy's asshole, it's still a guy's asshole, you know, it's not a female. Uh, um, that's kind of how that- I feel with, like, these fan films sometimes. It's like, look, the reality is, it's just not a real movie, you know, as far as, like, what I consider, yep. which, again, maybe maybe that's my preconceived notion of like studio films are the only real movies blah 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 blah. but no I like independent films and I think that certain movies when when they're made right do come off good you know but when I think of fan films I think of like that dreadful sleep away camp 4
1: you know like that's the first thing that pops
2: into my head anytime I think of anything called
1: like a fan movie so Mm -hmm. Survivor that's me terrible Mm. (laughs) not good Not good. Um, But, yeah, before we get into the movie, there's one last thing I wanted to bring up. And this is more real life than actually uh, film horror. Uh, But everybody's favorite ghost bro, Zach Baggins, from Ghost Adventures on Travel, the guy that likes to put on really tight shirts and yell ghosts, Uh, he has a museum in Las Vegas where he's got a whole bunch of, quote, unquote, haunted objects. And he likes to show them off. And he's like, yeah, bro, got the dirt from Amityville. It's cool, right? Spooky as shit, bro. So apparently, he's trying to buy the brain of John Wynne Gacy off, the, off of uh, Dr. Helen Morrison, who is in current possession of it because she was there for his execution. She was there for the dissection of his brain after his autopsy, and she has it uh, in her collection, I guess, which is spooky enough. But Zach Baggins wants to buy it and put it in his museum. I just don't know when Zach Baggins is going to stop. You get it. It's spooky. You got some spooky shit. You bought Ted Bundy's eyeglasses. You bought his car. We get it, but it's just like I don't know buying a dude's brain to put on display. Uh, funny. But also, how did this other chick get it? Just because she was there at the autopsy
3: doesn't mean you get the pocket pieces that you find. It's like She's it's <laughs> she the, it's uh, science, in the
1: autopsy. She was the assistant to study his brain and what made him become a psychotic uh, killer. Uh, but so. Zach Bagans held the specimen in his hands, I guess because it's, it's in a jar, and he said, I felt it's evil, and it shook me to the core. Like, of course you did. Oh, of course God. you did, because you're trying to sell this so hard. It's a fucking brain fragment. <laughs>
0: it's a slice
1: of a serial killer's brain. You didn't feel evil. You weren't shook. Just put some money into it, because apparently he's got a ton of money from I don't know where, but he's got enough money to yeah. put in a bid for Casey's brain. So,
3: oh, man, the, yeah. the the dude has more money than he knows what to do with now. It's like, you know, he's got like what he's got like three shows now. Was that it? Um, yeah, three a he, he yeah. yeah, he's got the museum that, you know, is constantly busy. He's always buying up people's collections and stuff like that. It's just like, oh man, I I personally can't stand him and his crew. It's like unfortunately the devo watches the show, so I'm just like, ah, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just, at the end of the day, I think he's just a showman. You know, I don't believe any of the bullshit that mm. he has to sell. You know, but no. he has his fans. He has his followers. He has the people that eat that shit up, and they're like, we love, love him. Yeah. He's a Jersey Shore reject that likes goats. That's all Zach Baggins did. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw Demon House, a documentary that came out a couple of years ago that supposed to be the scariest documentary of all time, and it was boring. Like an hour and a half of nothing, and then he's like, wasn't that scary, people? No. 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 A lot of fake noises. I don't believe in ghosts, so you're not going to convince Whoa, me a documentary he- that ghosts exist.
3: Did you hear that? Did you hear I totally heard that. Oh,
1: man. Bro, come at me, ghost. Come at me, bro. What do you got? You want to be heard? Mm-hmm. No, uh, he's sure. just trying
3: to he he's just trying to match up to his brother Bilbo who made it so much more in Hollywood.
1: He did. He found the ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all right, so yeah, that's yeah, a little bit of... Yeah, well, you, you keep saying fucking hilarious.
2: Baggins, and that's all I'm thinking, you know, like, Tommy Baggins, whatever the fuck his name is, and I'm just thinking The Hobbit the entire time, I'm like, fucking <laughs> picturing a little person running around with a fucking jar with a brain in it the whole time, you know saying, i can saying? feel the evil inside
3: of it, I can feel the evil, it's taking me. <laughs> I'm going on an adventure. No, no, Mr. Baggins, I'm not going to let you go on this adventure alone. I'll help you carry we, the jar. Of we need to
2: make sure that we have enough food to get home with. Let me help you. I can carry the load.
0: Yeah. <laughs> load. Okay. Uh, so, so you regardless, man, you just one
2: last, one last yep, shout exactly. go ahead. Um, You know, I don't ever watch the show. It's just it's something that I, I, I've i fallen out of over the years. But I just happened to catch Saturday Night Live this past weekend. Oh, and, please. Talk um, a, yeah. uh, just a shout-out to that Joker skit, you know, with uh, – what's his name?
1: David, David Harbour.
2: Whatever. David Harbour. David Harbour. Yeah, you know, the guy that plays Hob- Hopper in <laughs> Stranger Things. Um, they they did this combination skit with Joker and Sesame Street. I'm going to leave it at that. If you haven't seen it, I advise you to to look it up. I've heard oh. that it's available on like YouTube. You can find it. it Just yep. watch it. It is so fucking funny, man.
1: I might put it up after we end the show because I've watched it like, multiple times, and I still can't stop laughing at it. The whole Burton or anything fucking killed me mm-hmm. when they're in that alley. <laughs> 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 uh, God, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. No way. Holy oh, shit.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: so great. Snuffy's old. Snuffy's nose <laughs> <perils>
1: earned. That gonna earn a good. I feel grouchy. <laughs> it's so great. Um, but okay, yeah, I'll I'll try to post that after the show's over on our Facebook page. Uh, so Does anybody else have anything to talk about before we get to the moon tonight? No. Let's get into this, man. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about Dead Kids from 1981, directed by Michael Laughlin with a script co-written by Bill Condon, who you might remember, folks, from Twilight, Breaking Dawn 1 uh, and 2, excuse me. the writer and director of the end sequences <laughs> of Twilight, which we did cover a on the show. Uh, but thanks kid, <laughs> also known as Strange Behavior, uh, it centers You're around right. the small town of Galesburg, Illinois. And in this small town, there is a university where a doctor by the name of Dr. Gwen Parkinson is experimenting on the teenagers of the town and turning them into murderers. Uh, It's an interesting one that kind of combines the slasher of the early 80s, but puts a little bit of a sci-fi twist on it. I remember seeing it way back, uh, back in 98, 99. Uh, Ghoul would know this because All-American Deli, Manalpan, where we grew up, used to have a little video store next to it. Um, And the guy had a ton of horror movies, and one of them was Dead Kids and it had the original title on the VHS box, Dead Kids. So I rented it maybe three or four times, and I just couldn't stop watching it because I just thought it was fun, it was weird. Um, the title is what brings you in, but that's kind of why I picked it for the show because I wanted to go something different. Uh, since last week we talked about Hocus Pocus, very kid-friendly horror, and I wanted to go a little bit of a different route and talk about something strange, a little bit uh, off the beaten path that many people might not know about. Uh, so, Google, what do you think about Dead Kids?
2: Well, first I want to give the guy some credit. I mean, you know, listen, Bill Condon, you know, yes, he was the writer of this. You know, he was the director of Twilight, Breaking Dawn 1 and 2, Um, you know, which again – I'll be honest, I, I probably watch those just as much as, nah, I put Eclipse on because I go to bed. The other ones normally, normally what happens when I put either of those on, I end up watching the majority of them. Especially Breaking Dawn Part 2 because of the weird looking baby. Um, yeah. happy baby face. That thing is fucking weird looking. It will always be weird looking. And for some reason I find <laughs> that so hysterical. So I just watch it because of that. Um, but to give the guy credit too though, he was a writer on The Greatest Showman. He directed The Reason, yeah, Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson, and he won yep. an Oscar, you know, for Gods and Monsters as a screenwriter. So, you know, the guy does have some actual credit behind his, his, his work yes, as does. well. Um, that being said, we're talking about Strange Behavior. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, this is the first time for me. I've never seen it before. Never, uh, or Dead Kids, sorry, I know, that it's got the other name, Dead Kids, um, I, I, I,
0: I, I, I'm dead kids sure dead I've kids.
2: seen the, the title, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, I don't remember the box, nothing about it, is <laughs> Dead Kids Mikey, <sighs> um, oh god, it's just, you know, see, you say something like that, it just makes me wish I was watching fucking Goonies instead, man, this was hard, dude, this was really hard. I love you, King, but this was a tough one. I This took me two I nights to it would watch. Be. I, it took me two nights mm-hmm. to watch, and you know what? I don't fucking remember what I saw at all. <laughs> I had to go through the Wikipedia after watching it. And being like, oh, okay, so that's what mm. was happening. So, pretty much all the information that I'm going to have mm. is stuff that I'm just going to get off of Wikipedia. I kind of remember bits and pieces. And there's a reason I don't remember Night Two because it was right after I saw Jay and Silent Bob. And you have oh, to be in yeah, a certain well, yeah. mindset to see Jay and Silent Bob. And somebody brought some, some, uh, hmm, how do you put it? L- uh, L- a,
0: liquef- uh, a liquefied uh, okay.
2: variation. Of something that Jay likes to partake in on a regular basis. So, it, oh, okay, so you so you're
3: on a liquid diet.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, indeed, man. And it uh and yeah, it was quite the uh the experience, man. Because he he poured fucking half the bottle in his soda, man. So it's like any time <laughs> I get around liquid, the doc can attest to this. Anytime we get around liquid of anything, it always turns into some kind of fucking
1: zany adventure. <laughs> All right.
3: Uh, So, Monkey, what would you think about Dead Kids? Oh, Dead Kids, Dead Kids, Dead Kids. What did I think of Dead Kids? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, King. I couldn't get this shit out of my head. Thank you, King, for (laughs) getting this shit stuck in my head for an entire fucking week. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and if you and if you watch this movie, you will be stuck with this song too. Yes. Oh, Lou Christie with lightning strikes again. Oh man. But okay, I did enjoy the movie. All right, I had a great time watching this movie. Actually, I I thought this uh, probably because this movie was really dumbed down, so it was <laughs> I didn't have to think too hard about it, uh, <laughs> which is pro- <laughs> but um. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. It was, you know, like right around the time that The King Says is like the golden era of slasher movies and stuff like that because we're talking 81 uh, for this movie. Um, yep. And yeah, and I like it because it had a nice heavy sci-fi aspect to it. You, you know how much I like my weird sci-fi movies. Um, And also I enjoyed that, that – Again, because of what we do, I was thinking we were coming into a traditional 80s slasher, and we start off with, you know, the giallo feel of a mass killer. You know, who's it going to be? And they sit there and take that – so right out the window, (laughs) you know, right there at the beginning of the movie, it's like, "Um, nope, this isn't that kind of movie. So strap in because we're going to have a weird fucking ride. (laughs) Um, And I – Yeah, and I enjoyed the character's height. And, like, enjoyed the weird-ass story. It was kind of like someone took uh, Cronenberg and, like, you know, Carpenter's Halloween 3 and mashed them together and got this weird little bastard love child, and that's how we got Dead
1: Kids. Yeah, which, you know, like the the Gola just said, Strange Behavior, uh, and that's how it was originally released, which actually, I put it in the group chat tonight, tonight. October sixteenth, nineteen eighty-one, Dead Kids was released in the United States as Strange Behavior. So tonight is actually the thirty-eighth anniversary of this film. Didn't even know oh, that shit. going into the episode, but it actually is. So uh, weird see, fucking timing. <laughs> yeah. You know you planned um, that, man. I didn't. I didn't, I went on the Wikipedia earlier to get some notes, and I'm like, wait, the re- release in the U.S. is October sixteenth, nineteen eighty-one. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I swear to God, didn't even know, and I don't even like uh, that. I, know that much, I swear I've,
2: on. I've I've had uh-huh. your posts. I know you're part of like the Dead Kids fan club, and
1: you're constantly like <laughs>
2: updating on them. And yeah, I know it, dude.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a, i have um, But yeah, it was released as strange behavior in the U.S. because they were uncomfortable with the title of Dead Kids. In Australia, <laughs> and New Zealand, and the UK, it was released as Dead Kids which is what put it on the video nasty list, Section 3, back in 1984, uh, which is not a persecuted film or prosecuted film, I should say, but it's one of those that you shouldn't be watching, so they put it on that list, uh, which means that you could have that video seen in your store in the U.K. and have it (laughs) burned. So if they found a copy of Dead Kids in your store, they could destroy it if they want to, but they can't prosecute it. Um, What? They could destroy your store?
2: That'd be terrible. Oh yeah, they did burning down people's
1: stores. Oh, they used to bust up stores, stores all the time. That nice movie, movies. wow. <laughs> In the UK during the video nasty era, it was a very bad time to be a video store owner, especially if oh, you had this... uh, horror films. Man, that's not like a good some time. straight up, straight up v for vendetta shit right there, man. Yeah, I could do a whole episode just on the video nasty movement, uh, with Mary Whitehead and how just destructive she was with with movies. Um, but with with uh, dead kids. Uh, the producers and the the directors, they wanted to find the perfect setting for their Illinois town. They, for some reason, couldn't find it in the U.S., so they went no? to New Zealand. And <laughs> they filmed it in New Zealand with American actors. So it's technically considered an Osploitation film because of where it was filmed, even though it has American mm-hmm. actors in it, which is the kind of an interesting thing. Because I do well, like we, the location. I do like the setting because it definitely feels like a small town, Mayberry almost. Where everybody knows everybody, mm-hmm. you know, from the crossing guard to the person who mm-hmm. owns the flower shop. Mm-hmm. I liked the feel. I liked the setting.
3: Yeah,
0: but. You go go where to everybody knows your name. <laughs> dun, dun, <Whoa>. dun.
3: <laughs> but it also seemed, the talent itself seemed extremely disjointed, though, because you would have, you know, your Main Street USA, that was a tiny part, Then you'd have these big ass fields, and then somehow, then you have. Around this tiny town, huge, huge fucking houses, you know, where 13 year olds would live. And then the university. It's like, it's, I don't know. For me, the geography did seem very disjointed. Mm -hmm. Sure enough.
0: Yeah.
2: You're not from these parts, are you, man? It seemed like a no, regular, I'm not from regular little Mammoth County area, if you ask me, man. It's like you go fucking it down is. the block I, from I here. You got farms. Yep. You go right down, literally down the block from me. You got a small, tiny town, USA. You take another mm-hmm. terminal. You've got multi million dollar houses. You go down 520 and you got a fucking college down the road.
3: <clears throat> okay. Showed up there, yeah. No, I mean, he's right because
1: I grew up there, so I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, but with the movie, you have uh, John Brady, who is the sheriff of the town, he's investigating the disappearance of Brian, who is the mayor's son. What I love about the mayor is that for some reason he does produce in the back of a store and doesn't work in an office at any point in the movie because that's the mayor of this town. I thought it was kind of a cool kind of small town vibe. But he's investigating this crime because they don't know where he went. They don't know what happened to him. He was home one night, and then he disappeared. We see in the opening segment that he was murdered by somebody that's revealed early on. Um, like the monkey had said, there's no masks uh, in this kill. It's You see the person's face. You know who it is, and it gets revealed that it's Oliver, who is the friend of Pete Brady, who is John's son. They go together to the local high school. They're getting ready for college. And, unfortunately, Pete doesn't really have the cash to pay for college applications. So Oliver tells him, well, if you go to Galesburg University, they actually are paying people to be guinea pigs for experiments. You know, and they pay pretty well. So if you just do a couple of these experiments, you get cash. I've been doing it, and I've been making some good money, so do want to go buy <laughs> And that's where we pick up with him finding out about <laughs> these experiments of mind control with uh, <laughs> the very foxy Steven Lewis playing Dr. Gwen <laughs> Parkinson.
0: Oh, I love
1: yeah. <laughs> and Fiona Lewis was such a fox. Like I was just so into that character, playing the sinister scientist, mm. but yet trying to be nice. Like he's very successful with Oliver at certain points, like choking the hair and his back.
3: Mm. Oh, yes, Oliver. We're going to do this. So we're going to do that. But I want to sit there and talk about the uh, <laughs> Sheriff Brady for a second because uh, for the longest time, I didn't realize he was the sheriff. Because the entire time during this yeah. movie, you you just see him hanging out in the police station, which doesn't really look like a police station. They've got like a couple zippograph machines. They have an old man that he pushes around. There's an old Donovan. woman in there. <laughs> but but, uh, but also he's never never once do you see him in uniform. Never once does he no. ha- have a star on or anything like that. No, not once do they ever call him sheriff. They just say he's a nope. very important man. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, they like never say. For sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah they, no just, like they
1: just never want to identify him as sheriff. Sure. <laughs> no, they don't. But yeah, we, we find out from Gwen Parkinson uh through a video that's being played of Doctor Lassange, uh, who's been dead for a long time. They make note to mention during this orientation that he's been dead but he still has this video where he's giving this a span of a chicken and how he can do mind control, and that's part of what the experiments are, but not really. It's like, oh, they're cute little experiments. Nobody's going to get hurt. You know, it's just uh, you know, you make some money, you know, and get some uh, yeah. you know, catch your college <laughs> applications. Yeah, what could you go know? wrong? You, t- you take a couple tests, you know,
3: here and there. You know, starts off as a couple tests. Hey, for, how about you take a couple drops? Nothing could possibly go wrong. Just slip these under your tongue, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we, we, one of the things I love about 80s movies, is especially horror, is that they are casting people uh, to be teenagers, but they're clearly, like, in their 30s. Like, Waldo looks like he has a family at home that he needs to get to. He shouldn't be at a party. That's, that's why he's got this job <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as an actor in this movie because he does have a family at home. <laughs> yeah, like, he looks like Norm from Cheers. so bring back the Golds reference, doing the Cheers song earlier, I was like, oh, it's like the young Norm. In this movie, you know, getting graded on a paper. Um, but we go from the university to the party, which plays a significant part in this movie, uh, where Pete and his friend Oliver are going. They talk about Lucy Brown, Bruce uh, Brown around town, who is 13 years old. Yeah. They make a point to say that. And so I was like, all right, well, we're going there and seeing her sneak out of her house to go to this party. Um She looks 13, though. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like she looked age-appropriate. Like, she didn't look too old to be 13.
3: She definitely looked 13. I'll give you that, man. It's like, you know, she definitely didn't look like she was 21 trying to pull off a 13 or anything like that. Um, What do you think about their casting choices for, again, putting in teenagers as adults here?
2: <laughs> I, vaguely remember, dude, I vaguely remember any of these characters. You know, the one character I remember, man, I remember the kid who, isn't he in Friday the 13th part two? He has the hat on no. and he has the truck. Oh, okay. see. I thought that was the one. Uh, actor, uh, yeah, yeah,
3: okay. Now he, he's, he's talking about, uh, you know, you're talking about Waldo. Uh, and,
2: no, uh, Pete. yeah. Pete, actually. Oh. Uh he looks like one of the kids from uh from Friday the thirteenth, part two.
1: Um you would think I mean he's an accomplished actor, Dan Shore uh is is his name in real life. He's an accomplished actor, but no, he wasn't Friday the Friday thirteenth as far as I know. Hmm. Okay.
0: Well,
1: so just so, mean, right. I know. so sorry.
2: No, I thought the, I thought the kids <laughs> were all right, man. I didn't I didn't think they were you know, I didn't think they were terrible. I thought they, they all pulled off what they had to. I thought they all fairly looked <laughs> looked their ages. I mean, I guess Daniel Shore was a little bit... Yeah, I mean, you know, he was in his 20s at that point, but you know, Mm. it's it's, it's still close enough, I guess. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Is somebody falling down the stairs? (laughs) (laughs) I was fixing my mic. You might have heard that. Um, oh, okay. No, uh, also, also heard, do, 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 do. See, oh, these I are the
2: complaints. Oh no. get, man. People are like, oh my <laughs> <Right>. god, <you're laughs> white, dude. the mic sounds and all that stuff. You gotta mute when you adjust your mic.
1: Yeah, well, the see, sound dropped for a second, so I wanted to go back to it. But
2: anyway, that, that, uh, they go the to the party. I'm doing lines while we're doing this show, man. We're
1: professionals here. Well, anyway, back to the movie. They go to the party and. It's a costume party, but the flying nun tells you that it's an independence party because she's not wearing any she
0: panties. Trusts. Oh, <laughs> thank undies.
1: Oh. So let's go into this party. And she's we, it's a belly. very, very 60s-themed party because you have Batman in there. You have uh, Lily Munster. You have uh, Robin at some was, point in this party. So you have a lot of 60s-themed characters uh, in this party, Um and I like when Pete and Oliver arrive, Pete sees the girl that he wants to get with, so he does a very fucking cool dance across the floor to get I, to her.
3: I yeah. dug it, man. I, I, I dug it. Yeah, it's just he was just so fucking smooth so they there, just working his way across the floor like, hey, how you doing? Hey, Chicken wants to dance with me, but I'm saying no and sliding to the right next to the next couple. Hey, how you doing? And then – <laughs> the pussy he was zeroing in on. How you doing? You know? Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm.
1: and, I, <laughs> and I love the fact that when he gets I to was the girl he to get with the blonde, um, <laughs> she he asks her what he's what she's dressed as. And she goes, oh, I'm Joe. He goes, Joe who? Joe Mama. And I was like, okay. How oh! <laughs> <laughs> <we> like it? <laughs> like, <Burn. you> know, <laughs> yeah. My mom's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's not a good <laughs> fucking joke, but all right. <laughs> you know, but and
3: and, and, then and we to, all know it because yeah. everyone picks on me about it in high school. Thanks for bringing it up, bitch.
0: Well, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but like the monkey had said, it leads to a very bizarre moment in the movie where it's a very choreographed dance sequence to like D- lightning strikes, and it goes oh, on for about again? three minutes. Should I play it again? <laughs> where, no, please don't. Um, but it's just one of those where it's like it goes into musical territory where all of a sudden they're all choreographed dancing, and then it cuts to what's going on in the actual scene where you find out from Oliver when he's talking to the flying nun that Pete's not interested in you anymore. you got to move on, and she's like, ah, damn it. Like, you know, I really like him, though. And Waldo, the gigantic 50-year-old that's playing a 17-year-old, puking in the sink and trying to hit on... Lucy, who is thirteen and it just doesn't look Lucy, right at
0: Lucy.
1: all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's gonna try to mack on her in his very fucking sweet ride uh, that's missing a driver's cycle. Lucy is, right? <laughs>
0: huh?
1: So I don't know. So,
2: that. Uh well okay, so so in prison, you know, so so I was told by those in the know, right? Juicy yeah, Lucy is the, when you take a towel. And you roll that towel up, and you stick it in between your mattress and, like, the little the little bed area.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
2: put a little bit of lube inside of that hole, and you put your dick in it, and that's the Juicy Lucy. You fuck that towel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wording is fun with the ghoul. They <laughs> learned about prison sex. Hey, listen,
2: it's prison sex. Yes. You never know. Someday you might
3: get it.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, don't take <laughs> my know. prison
3: shake, Grandma.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, but, yeah so Waldo, we sit there and have the scene of yeah. Waldo and Lucy making out, man. And okay, so it it wasn't just me where it was like why the fuck is he missing a a, a whole door on this yeah. sweet fucking ride cuz it was a 57 yep. Chevy. All right, I could, you know, fifty seven Chevy, fucking max out like a motherfucker. Yeah, and for some reason, completely missing a door. I don't fucking know why. It's like, you know, again, because we were in New Zealand, you know, is that how they do their road warrior shit down there? You know, is just, you don't have to have your whole car? I don't know. It's like, I, it I, again, I was, I, I was also confused to like, was it done on purpose? Maybe so that we could get see Lucy, you know, and she's there, you know, doing her thing, or what? Like, I was just confused as fuck. Like, does Waldo not have a whole ride, or was it just something done on purpose for shooting purposes? I don't know.
1: That's what I thought it was. I thought it was just a a shooting style they wanted to go for, but when we get uh, Waldo trying to get the car out of the mud that it gets stuck in, we have Tor Johnson from Planet Nine, or a guy in a mask wearing that that Tor Johnson mask, Mm. stalking through the woods, and then Uh, stabbing Waldo to death, but really, I liked it because the killer didn't stop with one stab. I mean, it was just repeated stabs over and over again. Really wanted to make sure this big fucking guy was dead.
3: Well, yeah, it's a big fucking guy. There's nothing worse than to have the one hit, and then they just leave it. It's like, no, finish the fucking job. Yeah, I know I couldn't be taking that one stab. Good luck, guys. (laughs) No, you got a lot lot of meat on you, man. It's, It's... Someone tries to stab you. You, they're just gonna piss you off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that all you got, bitch? One. (laughs) Didn't even hit a vein, bitch.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but then the Um, uh, but uh, then our guy tries to go after Lucy, who's in the car, and that was just unfortunately sloppy. You know, like you got to stab the interior of the car, but you know. Yeah. So Lucy runs off. you know, but you know, we have our fun little Jason moment of you know her running, falling, all tripping all over the place. You know, because that's how our, you know bitches always be tripping bitches around Jason and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's what we gotta have. You know, um, you know, and it just leads up to the house where
1: we just have this weird moment in a pool. <laughs> but, and it's bizarre because it's happening where the killer is cutting the the rope to get her to kind of because she says she can't swim. So it's yeah. her, it, the killer cutting the rope so she would drown. But people seeing it happen and the killer kinda hangs out for a second and then runs away five feet away to kind of watch them save her. Where he's like by yeah. the fence. So you're like, What the fuck? Yeah. Like, you know, and then why is he still there? He takes off the mask and you see that it's Oliver. Pete's friends. <gasps> so what the oh, fuck no. is he doing? He just killed Waldo. And why? Is it the experiments that are causing him to kill these people? We because he don't killed Brian know. earlier in the movie. We just don't fucking know, because they don't ever go back through it either. They <laughs> just Leave it right there. You know, to, to show you that he has no recollection the next day of what happened. They just kind of got drunk at the party. Um, but they also come across Brian's body in a field where he's dressed up dead as a scarecrow. And I thought it was a great set piece for the movie.
3: Oh, it was beautiful, man. Uh, that was one thing I really dug about this movie. It was the the gore. Um, I I really dug the effects in this movie. Uh, there was a, some great practical effects in it. Unfortunately, like as we get to the end of the movie, some of them were just ruined because of bad choices of camera angles. But but for setup wise, yeah, fucking loved the scarecrow, man. <laughs> it, it was awesome.
1: It was great. Mm-hmm. And when they find out that it's actually Brian. You know, and it was Barbara uh who we find out is the girlfriend of John, the sheriff of the town, played by Louise Fletcher, who you guys might know as Nurse Ratchet from one Foot of the cuckoo's Nest
3: i man hmm. I really liked her in this movie man uh i i like I thought she was needed in this movie and she was definitely like acting wise she was she was the anchor for this entire movie and actually brought personality and and was at, you know, I think she was the one that was probably able to get everyone to actually interact and act properly. <laughs>
1: yeah, she felt real, and I loved her relationship with Pete, where Pete's asking her when she's going to marry his dad. Like, it wasn't like, you're not my mom. Like, you know, it was actually <laughs> like, you know, I, I like you, and I think you're cool, and, you know, I I marry my dad, you know. And she's like, oh, I work at Steak and Shake, so you never know. I mean, I don't make the fucking big money. You know, your dad's a sheriff of this town. <laughs> He's not going to want to marry a hot waitress. <laughs> you know? um, we get the other set piece of this movie, which is another murder, uh, and it's of the woman that takes care of John and Pete, uh, kind of a housekeeper. She goes to different houses, and she says that there's this one house she takes care of where there's an 11-year-old named Timothy that lives with his parents, and she goes to that house at night. Uh, to clean up and to give him dinner, but she doesn't know where he is, and she goes upstairs to figure out where he is. We find out what happened to Timothy. uh, He was mutilated. Uh, His (laughs) hand is in the sink in blood, and his body slumps out of the tub, and his hand's been cut off, and he's been butchered.
3: Um, Yeah, his floating hand is in the sink. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I liked her reaction because it felt, again, real. You know, where she is crying and just trying to call the police and say, something fucking happened. Somebody needs to come out here now. Send John Brady. And she just starts crying on the bed. And I was like, you know, realistic to me in a way. Like, you know, she would do that. i just so shocked at what she saw. I don't know why the fuck she went back in the bathroom. That's
2: yeah. That, that's uh, where
1: the realism ends. You know what I mean? Like, I
2: remember this. Yeah. This is one of the few scenes I actually remember of the movie. And it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I liked her initial reaction. But then the idea that she went, like, back in there after after calling was, like, I mean, I guess she heard a noise or whatever.
0: But, like, you know, yeah, then I have to know. find this,
2: this, this girl fucking sawing away, you know?
1: Yeah. And right. that is actually uh, – the girl that's actually doing it is Paula, who we saw earlier when Pete went to go get his first pill at the laboratory. She lost a bunch of weight where she doesn't feel like she has to eat so much anymore, and she's like, yeah, I I bake now, but I don't really have to eat so much anymore. But now she's this weird kind of spaced-out Michael Myers killer, uh, killing Timothy and then stalking the old woman through the house.
3: Well, I took it as a very uh, Night of the Living Dead kind of thing because she has no expression on her face. Uh, What she's doing looks completely automated. It's like she's not there. She's definitely it's not a in the moment kind of thing it's all automatic reaction you know she's not there mentally while she's doing this and right and and all of this setup like you know all of these scenes that happen i really enjoyed it because i felt like this one you know was kind of giallo just because like I was talking to you about it, everything in the next three rooms is like all white. You know, the bedroom yep. is all white, the bathroom's all white, and then when we're gonna go to the living room, it's all white. You know, and I think, you know, again, just to make things pop when things actually happen.
0: Mhm,
1: I completely <clears throat> agree. Uh, I was a huge fan of it, uh, just the sequence in general. And plus, because when she calls the second time, she gives a description of who's fucking in this bathroom. You know, it's an overweight girl who's completely out of her fucking mind, and she's coming to get me, and she's going to kill me. Which leads Overweight to brunette. Mind. Yeah, I'm uh, that's important. Overweight brunette. Oh, that's important. It's so great, because that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. She gets murdered, stabbed, and her throat is slit. But when we get to Donovan the next day with all the files and he's going through them, he goes, we have to look for the fat girl.
0: <laughs> well,
1: you know, yeah, holding yeah. back, but, uh, and they well, go through the files. They find that there's a thousand girls that go to uh, Galesburg College. They narrow it down to 125 fat girls. So now they have to go through all the files <clears throat> to find the right one. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> <laughs> figure you know, out which ones are brunette. So
1: <clears throat> yeah,
3: right. Like, but it's, but all the, oh, sorry, King. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, but all of this started though because that was after this last murder. That's when there was some kind of thing where the sheriff found out that they were teaching the courses again. That apparently, the sheriff and his wife, you know, our hero's mother, you know, were taking at that same college as well. So that's why they were rushing off to the college, going, "Oh fuck no, no, we got to go stop this shit now. We need all those files for that particular program."
1: Right, and that's why they narrowed down the 125. So they still got to find the fat girl. I'm not going to find that fat girl. Come hell or high water. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Fuck the science ship in Chicago. We don't have time for science. We have to find out what <laughs> fucking happened. And yeah, like you said, it leads to John and the other, uh, the FBI agent, some other people going to the college to talk to Gwen Parkinson about what's really fucking going on because mm-hmm. Lassange has been long dead and they want to find out what's going on. He doesn't know that Pete is in the other room strapped to a chair because Gwen is gonna put a shot in his eye as the second part huge of the
3: chair. Huge fucking yeah. shot. This is like re- this is like reanimator fucking huge syringe that they are getting ready to put in there, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I I just I loved it. Because so you have it, man. the father they going that, to they
2: pull that shit out at weird times, okay, man? You know, I uh, I got circumcised at a fucking older age than most kids should get circumcised. And I can tell you right now, man, when they pulled that fucking needle out to give me my fucking, I guess, Novocaine or whatever to my fucking teeny weenie when I was like seven or eight fucking years old, the fucking needle was like three times the size of my dick, okay? Like, I looked at that fucking thing like, what the fuck do you think you're going to do with that before I took off, man? <laughs> oh. Yeah.
1: Not pleasant. Not pleasant. <laughs> but um, Yeah, they they wanted to find out what's going on, so they find the room for Lassange, which Parkinson said that's just kind of in his memory. We closed off his office. There's nothing in there. When they open it up, there really isn't anything in there. It's but Pete is still tied up in the back.
3: Yeah. And this weird-ass, like, 70s, you know, like, 70s recording studio, you know, it's got all the soundproofing in there. Um, I, You know, I, I just dug the feel of the room just because it was extremely uncomfortable in, like, a yeah. 70s sci-fi kind of way. I, I, I really dug that room.
1: Yeah, it was very cool, very 70s, like you had said. But I, once they leave, because they don't really have anything, Parkinson returns to Pete and then jabs that fucking needle right into his eye. Like, wait, yeah. you don't have any time we got to fucking get this thing yeah. in there. Jabs him, and then his eye starts to bleed. And she's like, well, that's the second part. You're done. I'll get your money. <laughs> you know? And it leaves him a little worse for the fucking wear when he leaves, where he's all fucked up and drugged up from whatever got shot in his eye. But we find Yay. out that Parkinson is kind of directing him to do something. We see her in putting Possibly. dates in with, her, with the father's name, John Brady, with his name kind of like she's programming into Pete's brain, when to kill your dad. That's what I took it as. Yeah, but this time when Pete goes out on his second date with the chick that he picked
3: up from the college,
0: he's not all charming
3: and whatnot. He's not all charming and suave like he was on the first date. He's a little bit, you know, (laughs) he's not in such a great condition. You want to go to
1: Steak and (laughs) Shake so we can meet my dad's girlfriend, you fuck?
3: Okay. (laughs) You seem a little angry. <laughs> Whatever, get in the a, car. You seem a little irritated. Okay, your eyes bleeding
1: a little bit.
3: That's a little bit of a problem. Yeah, you know, they go in. You know, unfortunately,
0: <clears throat> she's
3: not there. He starts falling all over the place and needs to go to the bathroom. He really what happens needs in to go the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he's pissing on the wall He's pissing on the toilet He's pissing on the fucking bartender Oh wait, wrong movie Alright, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> But
3: But yeah, man It's like, you know, great fucked up effect of You know, he goes to pull out his shit And just starts piss,
1: pissing blood All over the fucking urinal, man <laughs> Yeah just all over the fucking rim All over the back of the bowl He's not even fucking eating yeah. Just, yeah, You just got to get that blood out. Maybe he has kidney stones. We don't know. These things happen. <laughs> Maybe it's not part yeah, of the but, experiment. But, he needs to go to a real doctor.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, like, you know, great effect. But, again, because of the camera angle, he turned, and then you could see the hose. And I was just like, oh, it it sucks. man. It <laughs> did. It sucked. You it could tell he was the holding the hose. Yeah. The effect started so good, and then it just, oh, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, it was a cool effect. It was cool to look at. But um, when he goes back home, he's passed out. And his dad, uh, on the other hand, across towns with Barbara, they go to Assange's crypt, bust it open, take out the coffin, and they see that in the coffin the only thing there are leg bones. So Assange is not bones.
0: dead. <laughs> Yeah, the cleanest fucking
1: to... light bones I've ever seen. Yeah, like they were fucking able to... bright white. <laughs> and,
3: and and they got into the crib with just a fucking crowbar. It's just knocking <laughs> away a little bit of cement. You know, <laughs> hey Barb, can you hey, get, can you get all your, all your that... fingers in there? Yeah. Um.
1: Uh, uh. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like Barbara is a very dedicated girlfriend. Going <laughs> 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 along with all this, like yeah, yeah you know, I'll go she, to the cemetery worked... with you. <laughs> She She's wearing his
3: old high school jacket while they're hanging out at the cemetery and stuff like that because apparently the, tonight was supposed to be date night. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, that she didn't... bought a new dress. Yeah. <laughs> you know. but, yeah.
1: You know, had But another, when, when they nice, get back to the house. They're slipping yeah. everything.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. But when they get back to the house mm-hmm. and you see that Pete's laying on the couch, you know, just all fucked up and Caroline's looking after him. You know, John knows what the fuck's up. He's going to that fucking university. He's finding out what the fuck's going on. For some reason, he has a pair of eyeglasses that he just favors now because I guess that has some connection to his past. So that's why he's wearing them. But I love when Barbara's in the the hallway going, John, (laughs) John, who do you want me to call? Do you want me to call the cops? Do you want me to call the FBI? Tell me who you want me to call. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good girlfriend. Like, you know, I, I can't do much, but I'll call people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I will make some calls and I will yeah, figure out what's I, going on.
3: I, I have no idea what the fuck's going on, but I can make sure everybody knows what you're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can reveal to everybody what you're doing, so go ahead. Uh but he goes to the college and that's what we peeked to find out through Barbara that his mother had something going on there with not only with songs, but the experiments and that she was possibly killed because of those experiments and that was what led John to have this vendetta. Again, Colsonge. See. and see, the university. This, uh, see, this was a fucked up thing here.
3: It's like Harry Potter, man. It's like, you know, Professor Snape was uh, je- jealous of Harry Potter's dad and mom, so he kills off Harry Potter's mom, but leaves Harry Potter's dad to suffer. But this time, the vengeance is going to be he's going to go after Harry Potter. That is the ultimate what? plan. <laughs> Snape didn't kill Harry Potter's father. No, I'm just saying, this movie is kind of like that. <laughs>
1: See, he's making an analogy. We're going with it. We like it. Yes. yes. But,
3: <laughs> yeah. But, yes. but he's there. He's armed. You know, because he he wouldn't got his revolver. He wouldn't got his shotgun. He's got his, his, his Bruce Banner I mean, his glasses. He's ready to go
1: and bust some ass in a lab. <laughs> yeah. With with once P finds out the truth, he's now in tow with Caroline, and when he starts freaking out behind the wheel, she's like. Oh come on, you know, Pete, just pull over and let me drive. No, nope. he's gonna smash her head against the side of the car. Oh yeah, against the man. window. So passed oh. out. Uh, <laughs> so great. When the college could find her, they're like, Oh my god, and she's like, Pete, where are you? And they're like, Need help? She's like, No. I need to find Pete. I still love him. I could change him. I could change him. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm i I'm just bleeding profusely from the head here, but no, I I gotta find Pete. He didn't mean it. It didn't mean it. It was my fault. I shouldn't have said anything. Come on. <laughs> Stop it, Caroline. <Kevin. laughs> <laughs> you know, you are bleeding from the head. You know, it's okay I to say you don't good. want to date him anymore. You've been <laughs> on two dates. Not a big deal if you just cash out now and go home. <laughs> it's not like it's that big of a deal. But, no, she's all in. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, we get John going back to the university, and he's confronted via video by Gwen who's on that uh, big fucking James Bond fucking... It's like the fucking like James Bond. Like, it was the It is. Like, it, hello, it is. It, Mr. It, Brady. It, it, it really is. <laughs> I see you found my secret lair. Well, no, you must die. like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you think that you would survive, but your son is here as well. Pete, take his oh. guns. Son, don't do this. I, I
2: love how long it took for the elevator to get up and, like, it's just oh. a shot just forever as <laughs> he's in the background And it's like, okay You know, like, you couldn't think to, like, say Hey, you know what, maybe I should cut on, like, a close-up Of his face And then go back again No, it's just this long shot Of just <laughs>
0: I, 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 I love it. People
2: see him like standing around, like uncomfortably. Like, what the fuck should we do right now? Like, are we actually performing? <laughs> Is the camera rolling <laughs> by any
3: chance? Where's like just uh, it's almost for this guy. It's like the Zamboni and Austin Powers.
1: Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just I love it because it takes so fucking long, and they're all just standing there, just staring at each other waiting for this thing to fucking finally get to where he can roll out in his wheelchair, missing his legs, and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. guess who it is? It's like, well, who are you? We've never seen you in this movie before. Why are you wearing makeup? Okay.
2: Oh, thank God. All right, see, I thought I missed something entirely when this old man comes rolling in, and I'm like, nope. okay, who the fuck is this guy? I don't remember him from the night before, and, you nope. know, again, last night was kind of adventurous, So I'm like sitting there like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden this fucker starts peeling shit off. And like, I knew who the doctor guy was. I knew who he was underneath the makeup. I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Like, did they watch an episode of Scooby-Doo and say, hey, I have an idea. We're going to do this, but we're not going to actually give you this character anywhere else in the film. Like, this guy needed to be there somewhere else in the movie for any of this to make sense.
1: He was never in the fucking movie. And then when he shows up and he's like, As you can see I'm missing my legs and I'm like, Oh shit, yep, yep. His fucking leg bones are in the grave. <laughs> like And I was like, Yeah, what? <laughs> like it's not like he showed up he's not like David Lopin in fucking big trouble in Little China where he shows up like an old man and they're like, Oh shit, that's the same guy. He's just fucking weird. No, no, this guy just shows up and he takes off his fucking makeup like it's the greatest fucking bomb reveal ever. You didn't think it was me, did you? I'm Lassange <laughs> No, we, what? Like, yeah, we saw you at the beginning of the movie, but that was it. <laughs> now you're here. Wait, you're
2: orange? You you don't look orange to me.
1: Oh, the
2: Okay, I get it now.
1: Yeah, so now we're going to have your son cut himself with a blood pump so he can cut his arms open. <laughs> Yeah. But before we get get into all that is though, it's
3: like when he's ripping off all the makeup and shit like that and whatnot, they don't sit there and talk about anything about how he hasn't aged. They don't talk about, you know, how nope. he's been around, you know, for so long and has not aged a single day. They don't bother to sit there That's and
2: they didn't even react to the guy pulling fucking chunks of his face no. off initially, man. No. Again, it was like it was just like the elevator sequence. I honestly felt like I was watching a scene from Doctor Who. Like the old style, like the 70s, like early 80s, like the lighting, the room, like everything about it just felt that. But the fact that they're just, like, I don't know, like if I'm sitting there, right, and some old man, like as it is, it's a weird fucking situation. So already, you know, you're like, you know me, I'm talking a fucking mile a minute, man. That's just how I get with that kind of shit. But then on top of it, some <laughs> old motherfucker comes rolling in with no legs, and then starts peeling shit off his face. I'm gonna be like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Who are you? Oh, yeah, that's right Even the father, John, didn't have any reaction He's like, oh, wow, okay Hey Happens all the time around
0: here (laughs) (laughs) Reminds me of the great
2: fucking face peeling
3: incidents in 1968 I was there
1: for it. I survived. <laughs> but yeah, we have, have lots
3: of we have lots of Scooby-Doo crimes around
1: here. <laughs> People <are always> <laughs> yeah. <on their> <laughs> we have wacky crimes in this town. We don't have normal ones. We have wacky ones. <laughs> you know, but you, you get the reveal with Assange, and he's like, well, I have total control over your son, so I'm going to have him cut his wrists. And you have the weird draw of the blade over his skin. You can tell it's a blood pump. It's just it's not very really well done. I wish they had cut away to a certain point because you could just tell that blood pump. Well, um, well, that then it's and like, then oh, you what?
3: also have the you also have the giant it veins that be- are you know straight down the, the each arm that you know you see sticking out. They didn't do a good makeup job of Mm-mm. covering that up. You know, so no. you know blood pump blood pump and you know uh, blood basket or you know blood casing that was sitting up underneath. Yes. <laughs> but you have that
1: And what really cracked me Ew. up is that After this happens LaSange really says okay well now Kill your father And you're like oh shit he's going to stab John No he stabs LaSange in the shoulder And then he's like wait Hey I said kill your father He goes I know I am killing my father And then he stabs him in the shoulder again he's like oh I'm he, dead
2: he doesn't, no, he doesn't, he's, he's not, not <laughs> You're totally paraphrasing here. He goes, You are my father. Like, okay, I took that. Now, I assumed when he first tells him to kill your father, I assume he's going to establish L'Assange, L'Assange, or fucking Garçon. what name
0: is. <laughs>
2: I assumed that it was because he was the guy that made him the way he was at this point. Okay. I did whatever yeah, mind washing that, shit, that's that how went I took down. It, too. It, it wasn't until I read in Wikipedia that it says that he is his biological father. That a, What affair what? occurred? If you read the Wikipedia on this, right? <laughs> the oh. way it reads is that his mother had an affair with Lassange and that he is actually his biological father.
0: Cuz that was never revealed.
2: Like, <laughs> what? Like, what the fuck? That's like I said, man. Like I read this and it made me feel like I had no idea what it is that I watched, which as it was, I was already having a, a hard time grasping what I was watching. But yes, supposedly that is the case here. Okay. Oh. Well, hey, listen.
3: Should happen. Cuz I told because I totally took it that way too of like, you know, LaSange created created him and made him who he was, and you know, so therefore he was killing his own father, but oh, Mm -hmm. I see it now on the Wikipedia I see it now too on the Wikipedia page, man. Holy
1: crap. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: But he gets stabbed twice in the shoulder and then he's dead. Like apparently you can get stabbed a couple times in the shoulder and die from that, but no, so he, you know, he, he he was have like a neck wound. It was yeah, just, no, you have a I, I took it that he went to yeah, the yeah. neck. Yeah. Is this yeah, like he it's he a the up shot was bad. Shot
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was like, that's the, the monkey vein talk. Right there, man. Like right the <laughs> yeah.
2: I was going to say, as somebody that no. had <laughs> the sense put in and whatnot, <laughs> you do have an artery in your left arm. Um, That's the other, that's what they go through. If they don't go through your groin, They'll go through your wrist to get up into your heart from that direction. So so yes, if you took uh you take a knife wound to the wrong fucking area there, you are dying.
1: Yeah. Okay, well then there you go. Well, you know, Gwen, uh, you know, is just mortified with what she had just seen and she's gonna make a clean getaway, but for some reason the entire police force is hiding behind the door. Just yeah, wait, the wait for her book? to open that door. So just they wait can to arrest her. Door number and, one? And, yeah. <laughs> Even that fat FBI agent, for some reason, from Chicago, that looks like, uh, you know, a uh, 30s FBI guy, just standing oh, there man. waiting uh, to take a
3: Yeah, the most fuckling, fucking useless FBI agent the ever. What? But he knows the to fuck, be. The yeah, yeah, the fuckling. Yeah. It's the, the, <laughs> a yeah, <man. The> weird <laughs>
2: blend of words, man.
3: but yeah, the most useless FBI agent ever, but he knows to be there along with the rest
1: of the force that apparently now they have police officers on the force. (laughs) Yeah, they have more than two people. With that glorious <laughs> fridge full of beer. I was like, I love that fridge. I want that fridge. <laughs> you know, just, needs that just fridge. Just stock with it. I loved it, but the 80s, yeah, beer fridge with the Heineken and all the other beers in there. But So, yeah, everybody's rested and everybody's happy again because we're going to cut to a wedding. Um, for some reason, Donovan thought that it was necessary to wear a tux while so everybody else was just casual. <laughs> for this yeah, Donovan, wedding. Donovan was a fucking pimp. I thought he was getting married.
3: You to know, <laughs> so the fat girl? <laughs> well, I didn't know, man. <laughs> but but yeah, he was all pimped out in the tux so I, you know, and he was like, Well, I guess it's time, boys you know, and then it cuts over to the actual ceremony and nope <laughs> Sheriff Brady.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get Barbara and uh, yeah, John getting married with her wearing her sensible summer hat to this wedding while she's uh being wed to John. But then you, you pan over and you see Oliver so now and his, other people that it's have,
2: now it's who's not dad and not mom getting married. Yeah no. Yeah I have no <laughs> relation
1: to these people but I'm still very happy for
0: yeah.
2: them. Yeah <laughs>
1: so, he's a, he, um, he's the happiest orphan at this wedding. <laughs> but you mm-hmm. you cut to these people because there's not a lot of people in the wedding, but you cut to Oliver who got away with fucking murder, twice. <laughs> like, Nope. Like, you know, I just I thought it was hilarious the fact that he killed two people and they're like, Well, that investigation just went cold. That's gonna go into the cold case file. Sorry. Couldn't figure out who killed the mayor's son or Waldo. The killer's right there. But you get the win shot free. So in this world you can kill people and get away with murder. Um, But, yeah, so what the monkey had told me the other night when we were talking about it, it does have one of the worst cuts, I think, ever in film history when the movie ends, where they're walking outside of the church, and everybody's happy and throwing rice. For some reason, Caroline is still with fucking Pete. I would question that relationship if I was Caroline, but she's fine with it. Um, I'm going to stay with him because he makes me happy. But then they have a cut to the credits, where it's it's showing the actors and showing their actors' names. There's, it's not even subtle. It just goes right to the credits, and the monkey asked me, "Did I miss something? Is there another scene?" No, that's it. That movie just fucking cuts. Like, not even a good cut. It's just wedding credits. Like, not yeah, even it, a bunch. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting something like, you know, <clears throat> you know, Pete and his girl, you know, watching. <laughs> Um, the newlywed couple drive off or something, you know, then fade to black and cuts, you know, but no, just,
1: boom, credits. <laughs> he barely got his line
3: out. <laughs> like, he was
1: like, I'm so happy for that credits. Like,
0: <laughs> no, movie
3: No, ex- we got to cut this movie at exactly 94 minutes.
1: Sorry. <laughs> we got there, though. <laughs> we got there, um, but yeah, like I said, it's it, it's a weird one because, like the monkey had said, it it was filmed in '81, released the same year, and it was during the boom of slasher movies that were taking over the golden era of the slasher. And this one kind of offered you something different, kind of a mad scientist from the 1950s sci-fi aspect to it, when everybody else was just about mass killers um, and seeing what they can do. So. That's why I kind of dig this movie. It's a little different. It's not afraid to be different. It's funny in a lot of parts where it's mm. not supposed to be funny. It's got Lou Christie's Lightning Strikes. It's a very fucking significant dance sequence. It you want says, to play it again? No. <laughs> play Pop Mechanics instead because that's how I got introduced to that band, and I love Pop Mechanics. One of my favorite <laughs> New Zealand new wave bands from the 80s is Pop Mechanics. And two of their best songs are in this movie, uh, Jump Off the Roof and yeah. Um, yeah. The Ritz. So, yeah, I will say that this movie introduced me to the pop mechanics. Um, but so speaking of next week, uh, Ghoul, I believe it is your pick. Do you have one for us?
2: Uh, oh, man, yeah, yeah. You know what I do? I uh, It's tearing me up a little bit. I want to go... Uh, I, I've done a stretch of these these Mongoloid style movies, and I just I, I need a full palate cleanser here. I know we went you know into into the 80s with you, uh, I, I had us in the uh, the 2000s for a little bit. I'm gonna take us back. I'm gonna take us back quite a bit actually though. I'm gonna go okay. as far back as 1948. Um, what? You know the oh, only thing debating is. this now. The only thing debating this is whether or not you guys can find it. I'm sure you can, though. It is a it is a classic. It is a fantastically comedy horror film called none other than Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein.
1: Oh, oh sure. okay. <laughs> I, I am a big fan. So, yeah, I will definitely be able to find something. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. I wish I still had my old DVD copy got lost in all the moves but yeah I'm a big fan of that could sell me Frankenstein I like but you that back. they cur- I do know that they currently have this on Roku so you know okay
2: so we can solve that so don't worry about that then, then you guys are good. I know the doc is
0: good yeah like I said if you guys have any
2: trouble with it then just let me know and we'll we'll change the pick up to something uh more easily accessible but uh but oh, yeah sure, again man. I uh I need something I that I know for a fact that I love. I know it's something that I need that'll uh, that'll help clear me out and put me back into a a more zen-like
1: horror mode
2: for the holidays. Oh, Ooh, it's a good case then. for
1: October. It's a. I, I I used to watch it a lot back during the season of October. Um, it's a classic, like you had said. I mean, you can't go wrong with that, solo. Um, especially when they never into their horror era. So I'm looking very much forward to mm. for that. Uh, Monkey, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, go ahead and sign yourself out. <clears throat> yeah, I had a great time yeah, watching. Get the fuck thanks out of for here, the monkey.
3: pick. I'm working on it, man. <laughs> but just want to say thanks for the pick. I had a great time watching it. If you at home have not seen this movie, check it out. It's fun. Um, and I'm the <laughs> and I'm the mad monkey. Say, saying thanks for thanks All for letting right. me come in your ear. All right. All right. The monkey cool. a oral
2: work? stimulation. A U R A L
0: stimulation. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> as <laughs> so as
2: always, this episode of Talking Terror was brought to you by none other than Bonfire Bee Designs. Head over to Etsy, all one word, Bonfire Bee Designs. It's spelled exactly like it sounds no funny little things in there or anything like that, no little fucking weird asterisk signs and fucking signs of the cross and shit in weird places, but regardless what you can actually find there to, to go with weird crosses and devil-like shit are all kinds of interesting Ooh. spiritual jewelry, all handcrafted stuff there's rings, necklaces, bracelets you know it's it's there earrings um again there's all there's all kinds of handcrafted stuff it's all very very much created right here in this wonderful palace um and, uh, yeah, this, uh, again, uh, you know what, I, 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 I've, I've been having a fucking row of a day, man, so you know what, I unfortunately don't have much else to go on with this, uh, I'm trying here, but I'm, like, drowning miserably, <laughs> so you know what, just stay scared, go buy some shit, because you know what, if you do, you'll get me laid, and nothing works better than getting the
1: ghoul laid. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, well, until next week we meet, we'll be talking about the Goals Pick of Abbott Costello meets Frankenstein from 1948. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying keep America strong, watch horror movies, and hey, by the way, folks, if you're on iTunes, so are we. How about that? So why don't you check us out on iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. We would love it if you did it, because we're trying to go so mainstream it hurts. So why don't you give until it hurts? We love everybody. We love you. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves and we'll
2: see you next week. Obviously they're already listening, man. So they probably already found us on iTunes or whatever method that they're listening. I hope so. But you know,
0: we you need know those what reviews. We
2: drop need drop stars? A, drop a review bomb. Hit some stars, whether it's one star, five stars, whatever it is. We're not gonna coax you to fucking false reviewers. We want truth, man. If you yes. think we suck, tell us we suck. Be like, yo, the monkey Dude, that fucking guy, he's, he blows cock, dude. The ghoul, what the fuck is wrong with him, man? What does he got, his head up his ass? You know, the Fifth Element's the greatest movie that ever came out. Mm. Um. So, anyway, though, <laughs> stay
1: scared, okay? Everybody, stay scared. See hey you next week. Enjoy your week, and we'll see you next time.